You've reached Hoop and Holler, a Square One podcast. I had to go to CBA school, salary cap school, and tampering school. Can't say, hey, I want you to come to the Lakers, even though I'm going to be wink- winking like. <laughs> On basketball and other shenanigans. I mean, good for you. I mean, you probably won't get hired by, you know, ESPN anytime soon. Because <laughs> you don't have that clutch connection. I have a job to do. With Reagan Griffin Jr. Reagan, you're the best, I say, man. Hey, I say, hey, yo, Jermichael, he turns around. I'm like, you know Lakers coming for that ass this year, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Eddie Sun. Some voters just like to be contrarian, you know, whether it's for clicks, whether it's for just because you they like to be contrarian. contrarian. Yes, you do. That's true. I feel like, like Eddie going to be the type to be like, case. MVP? James Harden. We're not against rap. We're not against rappers. But we are against those analytics. The analytics. And Julio Martinez. Braun just frustrates me sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. You've been hyping up this game. Obviously, it's a big game. He he looks juice for it. Bro, just score the ball. Everybody just thinks I'm a hater. That is blasphemous. And, and, and you know what's that reminiscent of? That was, you know, MVP Steph season. Oh, right? here we go. He was getting here we go. Game. All right, y'all. It's been a he great episode. Fourth quarter. But at, when it boils down, like, that's what we're here for is the yeah. basketball ball. Welcome back to another Wednesday edition of Hoop and Holler. I'm your host, Reagan Griffin. As always, I am joined by, to my left, Eddie Sun. And in front of me, on a computer screen, Julio Martinez. Gentlemen, let's start out the same way as we always do. How are we doing today? Um, School sucks. It's barely Tuesday, and I wish it was Friday, so... It does suck, man. I got a 2,000-word paper due Thursday, and we're about 200 words in. <laughs> so we'll make it happen, though. We always make it happen. School? Never heard of her. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you guys don't know, Eddie dropped essentially all, all of his classes except one. Eddie, you know, a lot of students nowadays are like, I can't do this Zoom stuff. Eddie literally said, I'm not doing the Zoom stuff. Hats off to him for actually being willing to stand 10 toes. Like, I'm not, I'm literally not doing Zoom. Um, But speaking of not doing things, the Lakers were not able to win tonight. They lost to the Nuggets Um, in what was almost a close game nearing the end. But then Jamal Murray did what Jamal Murray does and closed the game out the best way that we've seen him, you know, the way that we know him to do. Uh, What were you guys' thoughts on the Lakers game tonight? Yeah, I, I I mean the Lakers came out sluggish, which I I really expected them to. Uh, after coming off of, I'm not yeah a relatively easy series with the Houston Rockets, where you know it only took five games, and then they knocked off two straight against the Denver Nuggets. It, it you know it was pretty predictable that they'd come out sluggish, and then uh, credit to the Nuggets whenever they would make a push. Um, once they kind of got on, on a roll, once the Lakers got on a roll, credit to the Nuggets for always pushing back um, and, you know, keeping their lead up until the end um, when the Lakers started playing. I'm hesitant to call it amazing defense because I did see some fouls, <laughs> you know, on Rondo's part, but I will say that's what referees do in the playoffs. So, you know, it, it's a balance. So, Essentially, you know, the Lakers started creating so many turnovers. They came back from, I don't even know, the, the lead was like 2019. Um, so they came back, and this is where the issue is. No, like, like I, I w- I'm, I'm giving credit to the Nuggets during the middle and third quarter of the game where they kept pushing back and kept their lead. 
Now, when you're here, Lakers, LeBron, take over. Everybody's tired, and and AD, you know, he he looked gassed. But this is your time to take over. No, when the Lakers got you know within three points, no team was was really scoring at that point. And that's when you have to take over and capitalize, Bron. You have to be able to predict that, you know, at, at one point or another, Jamal Murray or, you know, Grant or Jokic is going to make, you know, a three or, you know, they're going to post up. They're going to they're gonna make a shot eventually. But right now, while they're not, stop being so passive and go to the damn rim. You have, I'm sorry, but you have the refs on your side. They're going to call fouls for you. Drive to the hole and make a play. Stop being so passive. That was your time to take over. Like the Nuggets, they I, I, they would have lost that game if LeBron would have just took, taken over. But um, it, it's upsetting that once again, here we are, that I have to ask LeBron. Uh, I'm hesit- and, and this is why I hesitate, and this is what I put in the group chat. I hesitate to call him the best player in the world because it wasn't just this game. It was last game. In the second half, he went two for nine. That's atrocious. And in the last four possessions, he had turnovers after turnovers after bad shots. He looked terrible. I want to say AD bailed him out, but, I I mean, man, I don't know if the Lakers should have won game two, as amazing as that shot was. So it's just frustrating to see Braun, you know, being so passive and not aggressive as as he should be because the Lakers can actually be up 3-0 right now. That that's that's just crazy. Here here's where I'm at, Julio. Um, and I was actually on the phone with my parents today. We were talking about the Lakers team. Um, we were talking about AD shot, remarkable shot. Um, and I told my mom, I said, "Mom, I'm not so sure that Anthony Davis isn't the best player on this Lakers team right now." Um, because when we think of Bron, we've always thought of a dude who, when it was time, he could go from right a car you. you I don't drive a stick shift. I don't know how to drive, period. But I know that you can shift into fifth gear. LeBron always had that extra sixth gear that most cars don't have that he could shift into that would allow him to take over in those moments. As great as LeBron is, and I still do think he's the greatest player on the face of this planet, I'm not sure if he has that sixth gear anymore. I think he can just kick it into fifth gear, and it plateaus there. And in those moments where you do expect to see the the LeBron of old that takes over— at, at this point, at when when during the season have we seen that ever? And well, I, I I've seen it against the Clippers in that uh, the the weekend when they beat Milwaukee and the Clippers. But it, it, to your point, if it's his age, then I, I I can't blame him so much. Then I I'm gonna take I'm gonna walk back everything I just said. But if he has it and Bro is just being passive, then it's on him, on him one hundred percent. I'm not sure what would really indicate if he has it or not, because it doesn't really feel like at any point during the series, even when he's played amazing in the first half in the first half of game two, that he's looked like he's exerted a hundred percent of himself. Yes. And that's just really strange. I mean, we saw it with the the Clippers, and I'm not saying this is a, you know, one to one situation here, but it's just weird seeing players where you just kinda have the feeling that they have a something more to give. And whether they're reserving it for something or whether they just don't have that gear anymore, um, it's, it's kind of confusing because usually at this point of the playoffs, it's the conference finals. You expect every player um, to be playing like Murray and Jokic and you know giving it like everything. But 
And, yeah, and this is why you can't go by stats. Like in game one, you, you can go by the stats and, you know, LeBron played a, a really good game. But he, bro just didn't, like, he, he just seemed like he wasn't in the game, like Eddie said. So. I, I feel like we, we have this expectation that LeBron can kick it into another gear because it's something that we've seen in the past. I don't know if that's present LeBron anymore. I, I think that the LeBron that we've seen throughout this entirety of the season, which was MVP candidate LeBron, first team All-NBA LeBron, let's not get it twisted, still one of the NBA's greatest players. I'm not sure if he's... I'm LeBron James in this tier and everyone else is beneath me anymore. And and if that's the case, I think this series might be a little more precarious. Um, even though the Lakers are up 2-1, they're obviously you know one game-winning shot away from being down 2-1 um, instead of being up. And... Um, it's uh, it might be a, a must lose situation for the Lakers next game because you don't want to face the three <laughs> one down three yeah. one Nuggets. I mean, I'm just joking, but obviously, like this series is a lot closer um, than you know game one was a blowout. But it's um, both teams kind of have a hard time stopping each other's bigs. Anthony Davis can can get what he wants, but Jokic on the flip side can do that as well. And um, if LeBron is not being totally aggressive, um, the rate Jamal Murray is playing right now. Um, he, he can do a lot for that Denver team that the Lakers don't have an answer for. So it'll be interesting what the response is in game four. But, I mean, I just want to throw this to you, Julio. Do you still feel like this Nuggets team, which you've said before lacks leadership or lacks maturity, uh, do you still feel that way about them? Um, I feel like uh, uh, Jamal Murray has grown into his own. And he, and I've said this uh, throughout the you know entirety or time period of these playoffs. He's... He himself has outperformed uh, my expectations for him, and the Nuggets themselves have slightly outperformed their or my expectations for them. So, with that being said, I think he's really taking the leadership role by, you know, by by storm for the team. But I mean, even still, uh, they're not gonna. At, at least this is how I feel right now. They're not gonna beat the Lakers. Um, and yeah, I, I just. I think this year, I, I, I hate to say that it was a weird year, but I just, I really don't believe that they're even, you know, the second best team in the West. So it, it's kind of tough for me because it's hard for me to see a future in which they keep getting, you know, repeatedly back to the Western Conference Finals. And if next year, if they go out in the second round, it, is it like, are they back to where they were in, in the in the first place? So I, 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 I take it with a grain of salt, kind of. Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing is, at this rate, uh, at the at the rate Jamal Murray is progressing, and he's really playing at a level that I didn't see coming at all. Um, this was his best playmaking game by far, twelve assists. But I mean, not even the stat sheet. Like some of his reads during the game, his patience, um, all of that was just really impressive. But if he if he um, improves at this rate, like that's a legit lead guard that Denver has now that you can build off of similar to like a Bradley Beal or like a Devin Booker, I think like that that's how good he's playing in these playoffs at least. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel like this is also a young squad. Like they have a lot to build off of. Um, and maybe their moment is coming sooner than later because um, this is a series now. Um, I'm not sure how you guys feel like whether this is still like pretty a, a pretty big disadvantage for Denver or whether this might go the distance and might even tilt in Denver's it's, favor. It's, again, I just take it back to LeBron, man. Like there's, you have so many opportunities to take over the game and, and to just close it up last game. I mean, 
It was atrocious. Julio, can I ask you this? Terrible. Historically, before before LeBron got to LA, how many times were there moments, right? Let, let's focus on the Cleveland years because that was the last LeBron that we saw before he got to LA. How many times when he was in Cleveland were there moments when LeBron needed to take over and he didn't? Well, I, even in the finals um, against the Golden State Warriors all those years, I would say that you know, obviously his version of taking over is vastly, vastly different than Kobe, KD, uh, Tracy McGrady, guys like that. So when I mean, you know, take over for LeBron, go to the rim and do not stop. You will either get the foul call or you will finish. And again, maybe that's, you know, uh, his excuse would be a valid excuse is his age, perhaps. But if it's not that, then what are you doing, Bron? Like, you you need to be more aggressive. At the end, near the end, when we when we went down like nine points with forty nine seconds to go, now he decides to go to the paint. Why now? Why not go at the four minute mark when you guys are down three? When we really need that bucket, like it, it just makes no sense. I, I suppose that's what I'm driving at, Julio. Is that I don't think LeBron is a person anymore who can will himself to the rim. On, on on a whim, essentially. I don't think he can do that whenever he wants to. It's something that, you know, he either has the, the what's the word I'm looking for? Um, not endorphins. What's it called when you get like the adrenaline? Adrenaline. He either gets the adrenaline rush to do it in this particular moment um, and, th- and he picks and chooses those spots. But I'm not sure if it's, you know, 28 or even 31-year-old LeBron yeah. that can go do that whenever the hell he wanted, man. I, 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 I'm not convinced. The- then if that's the case, I'm not going to be harsh on LeBron. If, if that's the reality, in the same breath, you cannot call him the best player in the world, in my opinion. Hmm, hmm. Interesting. Like that's interesting. So I want to ask you this. If, if, that, if LeBron can no longer do that, how do the Lakers win the series? Or is, does that make you feel different no, about the, this series? No, he's still good enough. He's still good enough. Uh, a step down from LeBron, he's still the best player in the series. In the series, got you. Not even over Anthony Davis. Well, again, again, what I said, like on the last pod, the Lakers are at their best when AD's playing. You know, uh, you know, when AD's the best player on the Lakers offensively. But LeBron obviously still has to be aggressive and, and you know set the tone and get in more pick and rolls. Uh, even though Rondo's been doing well, you know, who do I prefer the ball and? and Whose hands, Rondo's or Bron's? So Bron just has to be more aggressive and more assertive in, in these late game moments. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Rondo, I feel like we can't uh, finish talking about this game before mentioning the return of regular season Rajon mm-hmm. instead of playoff Rondo. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the the fourth quarter where you can argue whether it was steals or whether it was just straight up hacking Jamal Murray, like he, he made up for some of his you know plus minus differential, but. He was really bad during the game. I think at the end of the third quarter, he was like a minus 25 at that point. Um, just making really poor decisions. Um, and then that's where his lack of like shot making kind of catches up to him. Like when he makes bad decisions and can't shoot the ball. And then his defense, he was just kind of going for steals instead of playing solid defense. Like he was really giving up a lot um, on the defensive. I mean, on both ends for the Lakers, really. And then I think another interesting thing, and we've seen this for two games now where Coach Vogel is playing Markeith at the five minutes, and it worked against Houston because you can match size with Houston, but it's really not working at all in this series, and it's really 
um, leaking a lot of points defensively. I wonder whether next game he kind of doesn't play Markeith at all or plays only Markeith at the four. But but my thing with Rondo, yes, he might have played poorly in the second half and, you know, uh, he, he turned it up in the fourth quarter. That's what role players do. They have ebbs and flows. They have peaks and valleys. You can't depend on them to be consistent. What you need to point the finger at is why is – you know what I said about LeBron. Why is he doing what he's doing or not well, doing? Okay. And, uh, and, and with and with but and with AD, like uh, I'm gonna say this again. Like some games he has it in him. I, I watched almost every single game of the regular season for the Lakers. A- every other game or every other three games, AD just decides to be aggressive from the jump, where he drives and gets free throws and gets little mid-range and little post-up shots, and then he, you know, he creates outside. But that's when he's aggressive from the jump. That's why he he averaged the most points in the first quarter, I, I think, throughout the season out of any other player in the NBA. Yeah, that's true. Like, like this is that. That's when. That's when I mean. You know, the Lakers are at their best when AD is just attacking, attacking, attacking. And tonight he didn't do it. Julio. So I'm not just gonna point the finger at LeBron. It's AD too. It's AD. Julio, I, you know I love you, right? Yeah. I completely disagree with what you said because I, I feel like when it comes to role players, it, there's nothing else that you have to do. Is it's be consistently good at your shrink your shrunk role, right? It's one thing to say like you're you're a star and you're taking 40 shots a game. You know, we're obviously going to depend on you to make the majority of those shots. But if all I'm asking you to do, if you're Rajon Rondo, make smart plays and protect the basketball. And you did neither of those two things tonight. And you're trying to fit the passes into tight windows that really you had no business trying to attempt those passes. And you're making dumb fouls and you're you're making mistakes on rotations on defense. Those are the things that you can't screw up on if you're a role player for this team, right? AD and LeBron obviously deserve a, a bulk of the blame. For not coming up on their end, but you know the thing that always concerned me and still exists in the back of my head, even though the role players have been playing extremely well um, throughout the past couple of series. The thing that always exists in the back of my head when it comes to the Lakers team is whether or not we can depend on the role players. And tonight you couldn't. Even Alex Caruso wasn't the same dude that he was tonight. Kyle Kuzma, um, you know, he kind of had an off night. I, I, I think that the as, as a team holistically, it was just an off night for the Lakers. And the fact that they got back in the game is encouraging, but. Um, as as but, for the game in its entirety, that, it just wasn't a good game. But that happens to every team. It though. does. It their, does. Their role, their role players, you just can't. Sometimes Gary Harris is going to make six threes in a game. Sometimes he's going to make zero threes in a game. Sometimes uh, uh, who's another role? Play? Sometimes Jay Crowder is going to make seven threes. Sometimes he's going to go two for ten. Like I mean, th- that this is what role players do. Well, it's and, one thing to say you're not missing, you're ma- you're not making your shots, and it's another thing to say because Rondo's role is to be the the ball handler when LeBron's not in the game, and you know, like anyone, turnovers are, are a killer. You you turn the ball over, you give extra possessions to the opposing team. That's a one way ticket to losing a game, and that's what he did tonight, which was terrible to mind. So. Uh, it's different to say you're not, you know, Danny Green and he's missing his open shots, but to give the ball up to the opposing team and waste possessions, uh, un- unforgivable. Last note, I think, before we move on, um, it's kind of funny to see that the Lakers are so predicated on transition offense to get things going. Like, their half court is successful if only because LeBron and AD are transcendent talents. But otherwise, like their half court offense is kind of middling, and I don't think you can rely on it all game um, to support you. And in game two, Denver did a really good job of 
limiting Laker transition points. And that'll be interesting to watch if they can really hone in on that and limit the, the turnovers and limit fast break points. Um, the Lakers might have some trouble offensively. So that'll be interesting. And other, oh, go ahead. No, I, I was just saying, yeah, that, that's a good point. Eddie. You, you said Billy Donovan got hired by the Chicago Bulls? <laughs> that's what you said. All right, great transition, Julio. So, uh, Billy Donovan, thanks for bringing that up, Julio. Eddie, what are your thoughts on the hiring of Billy Donovan Excuse me, to Chicago? I mean, this, this was a name that's been connected to Chicago for, I think, a couple weeks now. So regardless of whether I think it's surprising or not or, like, a good fit or not, um, I mean, I don't know. I kind of already saw this coming for two weeks because on Twitter everyone's been saying that that's what's going to happen. That's the reason why Billy wanted to leave OKC anyways because for whatever reason he thought Chicago was in a better place than OKC rebuilding-wise. But I don't know. I think there's a lot of uh, room for optimism in Chicago. Um, you have a good GM now, um, obviously from a good organization in Denver that came over to Chicago. Um, Billy Donovan, I think, is a good coach. I never thought he was a great coach for like championship teams, but I think he's like a good culture coach. I mean, he was in Florida all those years with those great programs. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. There, there's good young pieces. I think, um, you know, you, they'll probably bring in some veterans there. Like Joakim Noah was a, a dude at Florida under Billy Donovan, like the Chicago connection. He might come, you know, bring, bring him back to Chicago. And then, of course, they got the draft pick this year. So, I mean, obviously, I know, Julio, you say you, you, you hate that I always talk about, like, young teams with, like, a lot of good pieces. And you always say they're not going to go anywhere. But there's some real room for optimism here. Like, Zach Levine is, is a genuinely good player. And, and they finally have a coach that might be able to use Laurie Markkinen and Wendell Carter the right way. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean uh, the, the fit makes sense. Just from the standpoint that obviously, I mean, you, you said it, Billy Donovan, you know, he coached the bulk of his coaching career was in college. So it makes sense that, you know, he likes coaching young teams and, you know, he did his best job this year with OKC. Um, so I, I guess it, it, it was predictable from that standpoint. But I also agree that he's not a championship coach. Um, and, you know, by default, by, you know, by liking or having a liking uh, of four younger teams, you're more of a development coach to kind of, you know, help them, I guess, raise their floor, I guess, and build their culture, just like you said. Um, but yeah, Zach Levine is pretty much the only player that I like on that team. I mean, I like Kobe White, I like Warrior Marketing, but I mean, they're, it's kind of like, eh. And to, to if he actually believes that Chicago, the Chicago Bulls are in a better rebuilding place than the OKC Thunder, then you're delusional. You're you're very delusional. Well, I want to flip you guys this question. Um, because obviously what Chicago needs right now is a coach who can come in and, and develop these players. You both alluded to that. I'm not so sure Billy Donovan's that dude. And the reason why I say that is because I watched Billy Donovan coach a team that had both Victor Oladipo and Demonis Sabonis on it. And I knew nothing of how talented either one of those dudes were until they got to uh, Indiana, until they did the Paul George trade. And then those two dudes popped up and they were both all-star caliber players. Um, So I I think there's something to be said for the fact that Billy Donovan has had young all-star caliber talent on his team before. And we haven't seen that come to fruition. I I mean, why not go after Kenny Atkinson? That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Why why not go after Kenny Atkinson? I I think that... 
I, I mean, I have to go after, you know, or go over everything, you know, he did in Brooklyn. Obviously, he developed a younger team. And, you know, they, they performed relatively well for, you know, what they had on that team. And although he's a, he's a coach that's known for more of, you know, having a, a staunch attitude and, you know, don't mess up attitude, you still saw the Brooklyn Nets on the sidelines having fun mm-hmm. and, you know, having that culture, sense of culture. That's what the Chicago Bulls need. And I, I guess I would have gone with Kenny Atkinson. Um, I mean, to the OKC point, I know, Reagan, you already assumed that I'm going to bring up Westbrook. Um, yes. Obviously, the only season that a Billy Donovan team in OKC didn't um, underachieve was once Russell Westbrook left the team and then they overachieved by a lot. I don't think that's a coincidence. Um, it's also not a coincidence that every talented young player that's left Russell Westbrook and the Thunder has somehow gotten like two levels better wherever they've gone. So, I mean, there's that. And then to your point about the Chicago young pieces... We haven't seen a lot of these dudes be used in the right place. Um, there, there, there's really no rhyme or reason to how Coach Jim Boylan used Laurie Markkinen last year. I mean, it, it was just really terrible. And then um, obviously I got to throw in my guy Chris Dunn, which I think he's perpetually underrated. And um, if he can stay healthy, he can really be a difference maker. So I don't know. This team can really be fighting for a playoff spot next year, I think, if things go the right way. Definitely in the East. I mean, anybody can make the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Um, this is something we haven't done in a while, uh, just because by nature of the playoffs, there are always something to talk about. But, you know, since the games are kind of winding down, you only have two series going on, uh, and there's not a whole lot to talk about in the NBA, what we're going to do is another Hoop and Holler draft special. But a little bit of a twist this time. We're picking from a pool of players that are remaining in the bubble. So we're picking from the Nuggets roster, the Lakers roster, the Heat roster, and the Celtics roster. Of that pool of players, we're drafting teams of, do we decide on five or six guys? Six, six. right? Yep. Drafting teams of six players, and we want to hear from you guys. Who do you think drafted the best team? Because as always, I burn, I yearn for competition, and that's the only thing that ever matters for me. So let's get into it. We, we, Drew Straws beforehand, I got into the number one pick. That's not corruption at all. Um, <laughs> Siri gave me the number one pick. And with the number one overall pick, you already know who I'm taking, man. Who am I taking, Julio? Uh, Tyler Hero. Face. Taco Paul. Huh? Taco Paul. Y'all are playing me, man. The number one overall pick, you all saw it coming. Anthony Davis. What? Yup. I said it. I just said it. Because what did we just talk about when it came to this Lakers team? I believe that the best player on that team is Anthony Davis. And you said it yourself, Julio. They're at their best when the best player on that team is Anthony Davis. I trust Anthony Davis because I, I, I think that offensively and defensively, the dude has a different gear that most guys, uh, you know, no guys, I should say, in the playoffs currently have. I'm taking Anthony Davis number one overall. Kind of a shocking pick. The LeBron stands are going to come for me. I don't care. Anthony Davis number one. Who or Eddie? You have the number two. Eddie um, did not expect. Him. He did not expect. I it. did, he didn't but I mean, it. I have LeBron James, so I'm just going to take him. I mean, I don't need to give any reason, right? No, you don't. It's LeBron. Uh, hold on. Okay, I got. I got back to back, so I got. Oh, I'm deciding between. So one of them is definitely going to be Jimmy. Okay. I'm deciding for the next one. Uh, give me. Mm. Oh, 
Fuck, bro. Man, man, this is this is tough. Give me, give, give me Jamal Murray, man. It's smart. Fine. Ooh, okay. Smart. That was smart. I was, yeah. You guys probably know who I was choosing. That, I mean, that, I feel like that was a smart pick. Go ahead. Okay, Eddie. so that leaves me on the clock, and I you better. Am, you know who to take, bro. Um. I'm going to go Jason Tatum. Really? That's yeah, interesting. That, that, that's who I was choosing between Tatum and, and Murray. The wings, the wings, the wings. Potentially a, a post-draft trade going on there. Um, well, if you guys are just going to put it in my lap, then I'll take Nikola Jokic. Thank you very much. Um, my front court is the greatest of all time. Let's see. And I have another pick. I will take I'll take Kemba Walker. That's who I have. Yeah. Kemba Walker. See, doing this draft makes me realize just how barren the pool of talented like true guards there are. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, leftover you really just have, I mean, you can count Braun in there, but it's really Jamal and Kemba, right. and both of them are off the board, so that is interesting. Mm, no lead guard for Eddie? Well, you have LeBron, so I, you have LeBron. But with my next pick, I will go Bam Adebayo. Nice, nice. All right, I'm up. Uh, hold on, let me, let me get this straight. Uh, all right, so with my next pick, I got uh, Jalen Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, I should have went with Jason Tatum. Now <laughs> the GM's having the the uh, Monday morning quarterback. No, I, sh- I should have went with Jason Tatum. Mm. Uh, this is so tough, bro. Uh, get. Oh my god, this is this is insane. Uh, I don't have. Do I have a big thing? Well, you have thirty seconds. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh my god! I you will forfeit your pick if you run I'm, out of time. I'm so pissed. This is basically me, draft day. Give me, uh, yeah, give me, give me Dragic. It's fine. Mm, okay. okay. Interesting. Interesting. Is interesting. Best player on the board. All right, Eddie. Okay. That is an interesting statement. (laughs) You go ahead. That puts me on the clock, and I will go Marcus Smart. Darn you, Eddie. Darn you. My guy, Marcus Smart. (sighs) Good pick, good pick, good pick, good pick. Let's see. So I have the greatest front court of all time. I have Kimball Walker. I'm going to need some perimeter defense. I will get that later. I'm going to get a guy that I think has he, – he's really impressed me throughout the bubble. Um, he there showed me more than he didn't – who am I going with? Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero, man. That dude's a dog. I like him. Tyler Hero. Oh, I have another pick. Yep. Give me – I need a glue guy. I hate that you took Marcus Smart, man. I really wanted him. Um, give me Jeremy Grant. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Grant. 
Okay, so that puts me back on the clock. Um, it's funny because this guy I'm taking, I've said that he can be a playoff liability, but I'll yeah, go with him regardless, Duncan Robinson. Yeah, mm. I was going to go with. You got to get the shooter in there. You got to have a shooter. I hate being my pick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got uh, uh, Gordon Hayward. Okay. And you got one more. This is your last pick. Yeah. Um. I mean, I, I obviously need a big. Uh, I mean, I have two guys in mind, but one of them has not impressed me in this series. But I know he's he's solid and the better choice overall and play better this season. Uh, so I'm gonna go with uh, Daniel Tice. Mm, good pick. All right, to round out my roster, and this would be a six-man. I already know who you're getting, man. You're going to steal another one from under my nose. Um, I'm taking the unsung hero, Monty Morris. Damn you, Eddie. Damn damn you, Eddie. Okay. All right. So there's one guy left on my board, and I don't even know if I want him because I have the greatest front court of all time. <laughs> um, this is not my pick, but the guy that's left on my board is Mason Plumlee. That's your six man? No, no. I made it very, very clear. That's the guy that's left on my board. I'm oh. not taking Mason Plumlee. The guy, the guy who uh, switches non-screens? Yeah, no, no, no. I, that, that's just the guy who's left on my board right now. I could be cheesy and say Will Barton, but that, there's no fun in that. There's mm-hmm. no fun in that. Um, Names running through my head right now. Michael Porter Jr., Kyle Kuzma. Um, Gary Harris. You got Gary Harris, who's been less than impressive. Uh, the Heat. You took Goran Dragic. Dragic. That's tough. Mm, mm, mm. You got Millsaps available. Tory Craig. Um, I, I for for the viewers, I'm literally just going to each roster and I'm looking up and down at who I could possibly take. Jalen Brown is gone. Robert Williams is an interesting option. Grant Williams is a very interesting option. Honestly? Hmm. You got five seconds. (laughs) See, yeah, I was just making fun of you. Now now I'm going through the entire rosters trying to make the... Ladies and gentlemen, Dion Waiters. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's, that's not what's happening here. Let's see. Let's see. Let's you know see. you want to pick Hennessy. Just pick Hennessy. I do not want to pick Hennessy. That's not the. Uh, that's not the vibes here. Quick cut. You don't. You don't want another front court member. JaVale, Javel, McGee. JaVel McGee. JaVel McGee. You got like two seconds, bro. I'm going to go. Adam Silver would really just say forfeit. <laughs> go up to the podium right now. Ah, I'm. I'm gonna. <sighs> just take the most talented guy available. And clearly, we know who that is. Three, two, one. I'm not on your clock, Julio. Let me. <laughs> mm, 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 mm. This is tough, man. You guys took all my freaking picks. Let's see. I will go with. I'll go with Gary Harris. I'll okay. go with Gary Harris. The shooting is going to come eventually. 
we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get him a sports psychologist. We're gonna get him right. We're gonna get him right. So with that, gentlemen, should we run through the rosters real quick? Yep. Yes. All right. Who wants to go first? Uh, Eddie, go through your team first because I, I feel like Eddie might have the best team. I don't remember okay. everybody he picked. I mean, I'm looking at my team right now, and this team will definitely clamp up. Um, this team has a good mix of tough guys, versatile guys, but it will struggle in breaking down defenses. Mm. Um, so from well, okay, I'll just list off my roster how I would envision them in like a one to five lineup. Mm-hmm. It'd be Marcus Smart, Duncan Robinson. LeBron, Jason Tatum, and Bam Adebayo with Monte Morris as a six-man. That's yeah. You're clamping up. You're clamping up. Uh, are we sure that that's your starting five? Yeah. Bron and Duncan Robinson, man. I don't. I mean, when push comes to shove, you know, we we know what Bron can can be defensively. I I, I won't. I won't knock you for that. I'll just have Duncan Robinson show on on ball screens. You know, no switches, none of that. Hmm. But go ahead. Someone else list off their team. All right, then. Uh, mine was uh, Jimmy Butler. Uh, oh, let's let, yeah, let's do the starting five. Let's uh, Jamal Murray at the one, Dragic at the two, uh, Brown at the three, Jimmy at the four, and Tice at the five with Gordon Hayward as my sixth. Wait, who's your who's your three and four? Uh, Jimmy and Jalen Brown. Okay, that's interesting. I feel like your team's cohesion might not work. Cohesive. Why not? Jimmy Jimmy don't got a problem stepping back. Jamal Murray can be the best scorer on my team. And I got shooting. And I got a legit six man. Hmm. Okay. And I got defense. Jimmy Butler, Jalen Brown, and team. Daniel well, Daniel T- Daniel Tice is decent he defensively. He he'll he'll give you effort. That's sixty percent of defense. He'll give you effort. Um, and versatility. And versatility. And I got guys who can play in the pick and roll. Literally everyone. Everyone on this team. Jamal Murray, Jimmy Butler, Jalen Brown, Goran Dragic, Gordon Hayward. All right. So my team, Kemba Walker at the one, Tyler Hero at the two, Jeremy Grant at the three, Anthony Davis at the four, like you know he loves to do, <laughs> and Jokic at the five. Who is your one? Kemba Walker. I... Actually, can I make an adjustment? Go ahead. I'm starting you, you Gary play, Harris. You want to play Tyler Hero? At, at yeah, the I'm. Man. I'm taking. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm Tyler Hero is my sixth man. Gary Harris smart. is starting. That would be a smart move. Um, I, I will want to. I, I do want to say in this uh, in this draft, I messed up with picking Jamal Murray over uh, uh, Tatum, Jason Tatum, just mm. because. Goran Dragic was available where I picked him, so he could have been my point guard or my you know lead guard, whatever ball handler. And uh, Jason Tatum could have joined Jimmy Butler with that. And you uh, love your two wings. You do love your two wings. I, I do, I do. But Jason Tatum's been kind of weird in this round. I, I don't know. He hasn't been performing exceptionally well, so that's why I kind of went uh, Jamal Murray because he has it going. I think it's interesting, a couple observations just from doing this draft that the team's left over. Um, I already mentioned like the lack of true lead guard play. But then also, when you think of like a really good glue guy, um, Marcus Smart is really the only one on the board. And you know just how critical those Whoa. guys are. Jimmy? I mean, Jimmy Butler's too much of a star to be called a glue guy to me. So Bam's not a glue guy to you? Bam! 
I, I mean, I don't think Bam is really a glue guy because he's not like the. Can you, can you define a glue guy? I think a glue guy has to be versatile, like skill wise, mm-hmm. um, def- defensively and offensively, as well as like a spiritual leader of a team. Marcus Smart is not diversified offensively. You'd you'd be oh, surprised. I don't, you'd I don't be know. surprised what he, he can, can do. do the, he can do basics. He can run a basic pick and roll and finish with both hands. Basic. And sometimes he gets hot and sometimes he gets cold. I feel like he's one of those dudes where it's like we talk about layers, right? He has layers to his offensive game. None of them are overwhelmingly exceptional, but he can do all of the. He checks all the boxes in and then, terms of I what mean, you need. The last to part, the last part of the glue guy to me, like you have to be a, a high IQ, high uh, super smart player. And Marcus I don't know smart. if he's high IQ. There, there's a lot. Of I mean, Marcus Smart is Marcus always Smart has in the, to be. The there's right no way you can't play that good at defense without being high IQ. Okay, from a defensive standpoint, but sometimes he just takes stupid shots. That's true. <laughs> sometimes he does a heat check when you know it's not yeah. a heat check moment. But I don't think you can deny that he he's a very high IQ player. Hmm. But yeah, I think he's really the only true glue guy on the board. Um, when you think of like you know, a, a Draymond Green type, like those kind of players. There's really not a lot of them in the league and only one of them left in the bubble. Who's, 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 go through your five again, Eddie? Smart, Duncan, Braun, Tatum, and Bam. Pretty even height-wise. The distribution is pretty similar. Yeah, the, these are, these, these would be tough. These are interesting teams. Oh. I'm not sure who exactly gets the edge here. I, I, I chose Celtics. And Heat players, hmm. like your Eastern Conference players. Yeah, but and this is the this is a funny point that you know Eddie brought up right before we did the podcast episode. Uh, that you know I expected this too. That the only two players or the, the the only Laker players, obviously, that are going to be chosen are LeBron and AD. I almost picked and Kuzma I, now. I, I was I, this close. I was this close to picking Dwight just because uh, I needed a center. And I was choosing between him and Daniel Tice. Mm. Obviously, Dwight's a good rim protector. You made the right decision. <laughs> I'll just say that. Dwight, I mean, Dwight's been playing well, though. He has. He has. I just don't know if you throw him. I guess it's a situational thing, but I'm not sure if you can throw him out there for, if he's just starting center, 30 minutes a game. No yeah, way. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, and Daniel Tice can shoot, obviously. But, yeah, th- that that's the interesting thing, that the Lakers are the most top-heavy team. Huh? But obviously they have the two best players. So, well, I'll just say this: I got Clutch and Kemba. You said it yourself, Julio. Patience. I got Clutch and Jimmy and you do. Clutch and Murray. You do, you do, you do. Who's who's your Clutch guy? Uh, I just have to win the first three quarters. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> and he has Braun. That. Hey, and I got Clutch and Jokic too. Jokic is a very underrated Clutch player, and we saw what Anthony Davis did the other night. So. My team's good. It's, it's clutch. You got defensive but, versatility. If you start killing Jokic, I'll pull him out, and we'll go Gary. Uh, ooh, actually, mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah, maybe not the defensive first versatility that I thought. But as long as you have AD out there, your defense, you know, there's a very high floor. Very high. Are you floor. going to lay in a game, Kemba? Yes. I'm putting Jimmy on. It. I'm I'm doing a Kemba Jokic pick and roll, which is essentially like a, a Jamal Murray Jokic pick and roll. You'd rather do a, a Kemba Jokic pick and roll rather than an AD and Kemba pick and roll? Yeah, because Jokic has very good secondary decision making. Yes. Okay. 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 Yes. Yeah. That, that's that's true. Because because you know where I'm using AD now, he's cutting down from the wing so he can throw the lob. As soon as you got to help on in the short roll, 
I'm throwing the lob to AD. It's it's a thing of beauty. It's really a thing of beauty. AD is just more skilled than Jokic, though. Ooh. From a scoring standpoint. From a score, even ooh, I don't skilled. Uh, behind the back, step backs, turn around jumpers over both shoulders. His moves yeah. are crazier, but like that, that's what I mean from an offensive skill based standpoint. Like who's better, Kyrie or or let, let's say Jam- I, I don't I don't even know. Uh, Kyrie just so like like he's so skilled, but yet you know he's not the best player. See, the thing is, like, when you say the word skill, to me, that doesn't just encompass scoring. I'm thinking about passing. I'm, that, that's, that's really. I, that, I just meant that in, like, a scoring standpoint, because when you're rolling, you want a guy who can be able to catch and dribble and spin and go between the legs and do all types of stuff. Hmm. But your your passing point is is on point. I will take, yeah. It's, it's going to go crazy. It's going to go crazy. This team, uh championship team right here i'll say that we'll, we'll leave it up to the viewers we'll see what they think we'll see what they think. yeah we'll definitely throw this on on the social medias um shameless plug follow us on twitter and instagram at sqr1 hoops of course and we'll let the viewers be the judge eddie's running the twitter you see that you you be putting some egregious stuff on there bro like I, I feel nervous i feel nervous what was it that got me um the monty morris tweet it wasn't even that it was something else I forget. Well, go check on the Twitter to find out. Um, but Eddie's doing a good job with that. We're going to get the Instagram and Twitter up and running. But as always, thank you guys so much for tuning in for this episode of Hoop and Holler, this Wednesday edition. Uh, Eddie just did the social media plug, so I don't have to do that. So we'll see you guys next time. This has been the Hoop and Holler podcast.